Hello and welcome back to the latest Think Business podcast powered by Bank of Ireland. Irish athleisure brand Parker Clothing has grown from zero to revenues in excess of two and a half million euros within just three years. Founded in 2019 by Irish entrepreneurs Craig Mulhall and Brona McKay, the brand has flourished and has grown into a global player. I talked to Craig about Powercut's scaling journey, being selected by Dunn's stores to open outlets across its branch network, and plans to drive next day delivery e-commerce services to the United States. I'm joined here today by Craig Mulhall, uh, one of the co-founders of Powercut Clothing, uh, a brand that if you asked me two years ago, I'd never would have heard of, but today it seems to be everywhere. And I, the biggest litmus test is usually ask my nieces that they hear of this brand and then they say, overwhelmingly affirmative. They've certainly, they know, they know power cut from the leggings, particularly. They love the leggings. So you're very welcome, Craig. T- tell us about the, tell us about the evolution of, of power cut and, you know, as you know, because looking back on your history, this this seemed to be something that you and your co-founder Brona started on a on a kind of a part-time basis. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, it was a funny story, really. Um, myself, and Brona obviously worked with different companies um, in 2018 when the idea came about, and I think there was a little bit of frustration on her behalf. She was traveling. She was in London. And she was on a trip and it was just, it was just a, a trip that was kind of a bit of a nightmare trip for her. And she was like, Craig, what are we doing? Like, we're doing all this work for other people. And she got ta- talking to a taxi driver in London who spoke about his wife, who just decided to start like this biker brand selling letters. And in her first year, she like turned over like 750 grand. And Bruno was like, if she can do that on Amazon or wherever it was that she was selling it, surely we can do something of the sort. And at the time, myself and Bruno were huge fans of the gym, would have trained five, six days a week. Definitely doesn't happen anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> and um, we kind of looked at, you know, from, from the market we were looking at, we didn't really see many options from an Irish perspective because we also like to support Irish all the time. Um, she had lived in Australia for a period and the athleisure game in Australia was very well defined. And you can see brands like Eck and others that were really growing uh, and we hadn't got that. And um, it was something that we said, look, we definitely have a taste for it. We definitely have an eye for design. Why don't we go down this route? So it wasn't like a well-formed interest in, in, in athletes or products or developing. It was just a case where we were both together. We're a couple, a young couple who said, maybe we can get after this market. And that was kind of the early days. And then within 16 to 18 months, we had developed our very first product for sale. So it did take some time to get it up off the ground. But it really just came from a, a kind of a, there's a hole there. There's no one Irish playing in the game in the way we think they should. And it was like, we can do this. We have the drive. Well, just to give people the, the idea of just how, how how you developed. So for the first 18 months, you guys worked between eight and six in the day jobs. And then at night, you worked till two o'clock every morning. The brand kind of flourished to a point where I think in the first quarter of 2021, you guys had reported 4,069% increase in sales over the previous year. Um, you, you basically had um, basically projected two and a half million euros turnover and you know, that's a 700% increase in turnover in about a year. And and the, uh, we're not ones to blow our trumpets here at, at Think Business, but in this case, we wrote an article about it in May last year and it was noticed, noticed by someone very prominent and it's kind of led to a new face for you guys. Yeah, I think we've been very lucky as well. Let's just say that we might have lovely products, but like the Think Business article last year was a bit transformative. So off the back of the coverage, then a fantastic woman called Margaret Heffern, who everyone I would imagine knows from Dunn Stores, who is the head honcho, um, actually shared the article on LinkedIn. And I think that was kind of one of the trigger points for her to go, uh, here's an Irish designer and a, and, a, and a family. If you look at us that way, we are a family. 
uh, to look out for. And off the back of it, I remember after she sharing it, she she contacted us about potential partnership with Dunn stores where we'd open concession stores. And yeah, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. It rolled from there. You know, we got the coverage. This wonderful, like Ireland's biggest retailer, you know, approaches us and says, why don't you come in and showcase what you do? And now we've got five stores open uh, within Dunn stores. Um, so, yeah, it was it was pretty special. We were, we were really happy for the coverage. And tell, tell us about that now. So you're, you're in five Dunn stores stores. And like I have to say, I'm a big fan of how Dunn stores has particularly upped its game in the last few years, particularly if you go into, say, the food halls and you see uh, James Whelan Butchers and they've got the uh, just various uh, seafood stalls really uh, evolved into a premium offering and then in the clothing section as well and then they've got power cut so tell, tell us what, what that will do for you guys and then what are your ambitions uh, in terms of global growth yeah so I think uh, as you said like Dunn's have over the years transformed themselves in this premium retailer like I don't think anyone else can hold the candle to them anymore um, like you said they bring in outside brands and businesses Sheridan's as you said James Reed and Butchers they've really brought it up to an upmarket level and as a result uh, what it's done is I suppose it has the effect on us we are viewed as premium anyway that's what we've tried to build as a premium brand but being within Dunn's as well kind of solidifies that it brings loyalty it makes people stand up and recognise okay power cut are here for a reason so it's had that massive knockdown effect and it's also had that not you know pinning down yeah these guys are a premium brand um I suppose with Dunn's, like we're so happy to have the five locations. It's fantastic. We get to showcase and allow people, because we were an online brand, so people don't get to feel our product unless they buy it. Uh, whereas now they get to come in, touch and feel, and we're all about fabric and materials. Uh, and, and that's the kind of joy for us at the moment, what we're soaking up. But I suppose, as you talk about expansion, we'd love to continue to expand throughout the Dunn's estate, which I would love to say would be on the cards in time. And globally, um, we have massive aspirations. So we have a great partnership with FedEx and in the coming weeks, we're going to be launching next day delivery to the States and to Europe. Uh, so we're really going to go after that market in the coming weeks to grow ourselves on a global scale and offer people a fantastic service like next day delivery to someone in California. It's going to be, like I'm sure there's a girl somewhere from Athlone who's living in New York or living in you know, or California and she goes, Jesus, power could looks great. I'll order some of that and it's with her the following day. And that's the thing because word of mouth is also a huge thing as well. People talk about that. They look at clothes, they compliment people on clothes. How do you put all together and orchestrate a global supply chain or like at the moment, right, Ireland and, you know, now you're talking about next day delivering is delivery in the States. How do, how do you make what you do, design what you do? How does, how does the whole process happen? Because I know, um, in, in, in your, in your new headquarters, um, as well as being, you know, your global HQ, you have a design lab there, for example. So you design your own clothes, but then you get them made elsewhere and you, and then you make sure, and, and how do you make sure they correspond to quality, et cetera? How, how does the whole magic happen? Yeah, the whole magic happens. So we are creative and loose in a way. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's like we'll come with an idea and inspiration. We love looking at other brands as well to see where they're at. It doesn't have to be in our game or our field it could be a leather bag manufacturer but are they doing something different with a zipper that's the kind of thing that we take inspiration from we take other things here and we tear it apart as you said design lab we have a small room dedicated to it dedicated to that process we have um, a product manager and a lead designer here as well that we took across who has a lot of performance athleisure experience and we chop and change ideas we cut up pieces we stick it to boards we see does this work here does this need a pocket does this need an anti-skid zip and and, over, and using programs as well to draw these things out then we work with our fantastic suppliers primarily in the far east 
and uh, develop a product. And it could take four or five different goes. By the time the product comes back, we settle on it. And then we settle on our standards and then we audit our standards in the Far East to make sure that the production is up to the scratch for what we want it to be. A third party will do that job. And then the product is here pretty quickly. As I said, with FedEx, it's all air freighted to the country and uh, we make sure we maintain the continuity of supply. And then I suppose... In terms of getting product out to people, I suppose the other end of the supply chain is partnerships with DPD, Next Day Delivery. Using our BR website, we'll, you know, once an order is placed by 2 p.m., we'll make sure it's at your door the next day. And we have a, a team here dedicated to that process of handling our orders and making sure it goes out in time. So we do everything here in HQ. It reminds me a lot of um, a prominent Irish entrepreneur called Liam Casey, who famously said, uh, geography is history. And, you know, just making that kind of uh, difference between, say, f- farm to fork, for argument's sake, uh, shorter and, 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 and actionable. And, and, and that's the thing. I mean, when I think about the speed of your d- the business coming about, so it's all happened in the space of less than, t- well, just over two years. Um, did, like, what would, what would you say to other entrepreneurs in Ireland who are thinking of, like, say, somebody wants to make a leather jacket brand or, or a new form of jeans brand or, or something? And they're kind of going, I've always had this idea in my head. Uh, you guys proved that you, you know, you, you make the time and you make the sacrifice. I mean, getting up at six in the morning on a day job and then working until two in the morning is extremely, I imagine, sapping. But you did what you did. And, and then look where you are now. Um, what, what would you say to fellow entrepreneurs or people who, you know, could have that idea burning in their head, like just do it or something, like to rub a brand from Nike. <laughs> you could or Adidas, everything is possible and all that kind of thing or nothing is impossible. I think, uh, I suppose, with, with the internet, anything can be found. Any supplier can be found. If you want to find a manufacturer, type it into your search engine and you're going to get somebody. It's up to you then to weed out and invest a little bit into, are these the right people to work with? Mm. You're not going to be challenged. You're going to find someone it comes down to drive. It comes down to get behind your idea and go for it. For me, the most important thing behind Powercut, well, there's two things, but first is brand vision. And I believe that we, and, and I suppose it comes primarily from my own head, but the brand vision is clear. It's up to me to get it across to the rest of our team that you come with a clear message from day one and a clear objective. Uh, it, then it's down to the product. And then once the product does the talking, if the product is good, people will buy it. But you just have to be very clear about how you put that across to others. So I think that's the number one thing. Just do it, grab it, get the product, get it out there, but communicate it really well. And we have all the tools there. You have a free tool like Instagram and Facebook, use Twitter, use LinkedIn, whatever it may be. You have all these tools at your, at your, at your disposal. Uh, and just get your message out there. And, and that's what we did. And the, the thing as well is... Um... It took tremendous discipline and sacrifice, as I mentioned there. But the interesting thing, you know, were you both previously working in business? Because, uh, or did you have to learn a lot? Was there a lot of stuff that you had to kind of take on for the first time and go, "Oh my god, this is huge!" And and you know, how how, how, how did you have to kind of mold some of that discipline in? Um, for me, I was kind of already on a fairly good trajectory of my career anyway. And just before I, I actually, I was still working with this company up till September because I was still consulting for them. But I worked with a brand called Stocka, which is a premium Norwegian uh, baby brand. And I worked with the most amazing people there. It's a small team for a global business and the most talented people. And from them, I soaked up an awful lot. So I wouldn't have known much about paid social media, paid search. Um, but I did learn how to develop a premium brand and how to communicate that and the language it takes and the effort it takes. So, yeah, I was there and I am a kind of a commercial person anyway. And Brona had a, like we built our own, we still build our website. We do it all ourselves. 
um, and Brona was a tech kind of background and we just smashed that all together. So I kind of brought the business structure and then we pulled on other talent pools to make it work. Like we were lucky, I'm like not, not going to lie, like Shopify is a fantastic place for any business to get up off the ground. Again, back to the entrepreneur piece, it's out there for $9 a month, you can set up your website and get moving. You know, you'll take orders and have a fulfillment system there, so on and so forth. So all these tools were available to us, which wouldn't have been 10, 20 years ago. Um, yeah, but we, we mashed together our talents. And I have to say, it come down to Brona, like Brona's my rock. And Brona's the, the, the like, not saying there wasn't believers in the same way, but she was such a believer. She was like, Craig, you can do this and we can do this together. So I think, yeah, you need a good partner as well. That's another another good one, I would say. But yeah, a mishmash of talents to make it work. That's what it was. The timing of your business was also along the timing of the pandemic. And um, I, I'll tell you something. I, I was... Um, when, when the pandemic first happened, uh, March 2020, and everyone was leaving Dublin, it felt like the fall of Saigon, and everyone was, you know, getting packing their bags and didn't know when they'd be back in the office. And back then, I remember being on Grafton Street, and everyone was dressed very quite formally and in suits, and you know, well, not so much suits, but they're dressed smart, they're coming and going from work or whatever. And then zoom forward to September 2021 was my first time setting foot in the city since everyone was sent home, and I remember looking down Grafton Street and seeing this kind of confection of colours and it was mostly people wearing leisure gear because there wasn't no one was wearing suits and it was all kind of joggers and leggings and stuff so it was purples and pinks and god knows what and it was like whoa that's a very different scene just in terms of just just noticing what people are wearing and that you know that that whole thing at leisure has become the new go-to uniform I was just telling you before um, we went on this call that you know my uniform for the week is pretty much leisure gear really and most people who are working at home because unless you're having to put on a suit or something, which is rare anymore. Um, you know, could we wear anything else really? So um, tell us about the at leisure revolution and, and, you know, you, you can, you can, you can look at it in different ways. Some people wear it for comfort, people wear it for style. Uh, you could say it's something that's all beloved of teens. Then you can say, no, it's actually all generations and it's quite utilitarian kind of the, the garments because they're comfortable and, and, you know, they're, they're, they're structured. Um, what's happening in, in that, that particular market? And do you think actually, speaking of business, do you think at leisure will be the new business suit? It is the new business suit, I think. And uh, I'll come back to it in a second, kind of what we did to kind of take our take on the business suit. But, um, I think it was on an upward trend anyway. Um, you know, I think definitely in 2018, 2019, like I'm a mad, always a, was a mad fan of not necessarily Nike, but Tinker Hatfield and Nike. He's the guy that kind of behind the, the Jordan, um, Air Max, uh, phenomenal designer, always kind of a visionary. And uh, he, I suppose they are probably the leaders of it, aren't they? Um, but you see brands like Lululemon really, really growing, like really getting a foothold. Brands like Peloton, who were, you know, in the tech space and, you know, people who subscribe to the, the Peloton, um, they kind of would have felt it as well. Like it was, it was more this gear that people were wearing to work out at home as well. So it's kind of starting to come into the psyche at home. It was becoming more fashionable. Yeah, but then it exploded when we were starting to lock down. Um, I think as it develops as well, I'm seeing more functionality coming into it. So, you know, in early stages of uh, the pandemic, it was comfort. It was oversized, bloody tie-dye jumpers. I was seeing them all over the Instagram. I was like, not for me now, but um, I was seeing it. 
And now I'm seeing things become a little bit more useful, like the urban nomad, like stuff that you want to look cool in, like like a cool pair of cargo pants, plenty pockets and stuff for carrying all mm. your pieces and you're on the move. You're seeing multifunctional like leggings and it does different, has different built-in factors and pockets and so on and so forth. So you're seeing that trend start to, to really explode now as well. Mm. So it's kind of go, it's kind of going from being like, oh, you don't want to be seen as a slouch, but you want to, you want to look put together. Um, yes, yeah, exactly. And everything is fitted to a degree. That's what happened with us as well. Like I noticed it as well for me, what I was missing in my wardrobe and I like to dress smart and now I wear my target uniform every day, but <laughs> we developed tech pack. And for me, it was down to, I wasn't seeing enough for men who loved, who might like want to stay in this vibe of wearing athleisure, but the men's stuff was always a little bit more loose fitting, not necessarily as tailored or as premium as the ladies like the ladies look fantastic in a, a lovely over hoodie and really slim well-fitted leggings and they look really cool for us i thought men were missing that so we developed tech pack which is kind of written on every piece that we make and it was a technical material that we worked with a really nice blend of of, of cottons and elastane and it was all down to the cut for us so we developed mm-hmm. like a set of really beautiful colors and smart smart colors and a smart cut that allowed a man to look very much tailored in a tracksuit. And that was kind of the state. That's how we decided that we wanted to progress it. Um, and I definitely think we're seeing more of that now. You're seeing this with like a Mac jacket been worn over and like a paddy cap or so on and so forth. So guys are mixing up old trends with the current trend. And that's the kind of way we're blurring at the moment. And it's a lovely, it's, it's, it's kind of lovely to see because I'm actually noticing it. You know, I mean, you know, you watch people on the street, you're seeing that. You're, you're not seeing the usual, what you would have considered a trackie. You're seeing someone, you're seeing someone who just looks put together and you're seeing that particularly uh, young women have been rocking that for, for a long, long time. Particularly now you're seeing more young men kind of doing that. It's kind of, it looks like, a, like tailored to them and it looks smart. And, and, and tell me about the future then for you guys because I mean, you're only like two and a half years in and already you've achieved a success and you're going, as you said, you were in five done stores stores going to be doing next day delivery in the states what's your vision for for power cuts evolution i think um we want to really hammer home what our product offering is and how premium we are as a brand and, and the levels we think this so we're developing different capsules now kind of more related to different sports like tennis very specific running products going to do a little bit more for men as well in that regard to get more specific that we have the talent to develop stuff that's going to up your game depending on what it is um, and yeah, we're just kind of trying to clean out exactly, you know, to make sure that when a person clicks onto our website, they get a feel for who we are. So we want to develop a product offering, which we are, which should be ready to launch in April, May, that will really kind of home us in as the specialists. We are the specialist athleisure brand in the country. There's a reason why people have all switched over to PowerCut. Um, yeah, and then it comes down to the global piece as well. Like that's a really important one to us, albeit we're not going to invest a huge sum to get there. We're going to just kind of tap the market to see where it goes. But we want to own Ireland. And I think, look, we're only two years in November 2019, November 19th, 2019, we took our first online sale. So we've just gone over the two year mark with the business. We have the fantastic support of Dunn Stores. We'd love to kind of open up and give our offering to more towns and cities within the country. Um, Yeah, and and, and I think that's what we want to do. We want to own Ireland. We want to make sure that people in Ireland are very proud that Paracut are an Irish brand. And that's number one on our agenda. And let the other things flow in. I think the other stuff will come organically anyway because the word will spread. And it's not going to just spread by counties. It's going to spread across borders. And, And that's the first goal. And that's the thing, because the Irish are a pretty effusive bunch, and we talk a lot, and we like to, and we like to go places. And, and with the world opening up, I think you could probably see your best ambassadors wearing it on the streets in Sydney or, or, or Boston or wherever the Irish go. 
That's it, exactly. And that's that's the kind of goal. I think we're very much focused on that to get the product offering right and, and make sure Ireland kind of embraces us. And um, I'm pretty confident that we will. Like, again, this time last year, myself and Bruno were hiring our first ever full-time employee and now we're at 28. I want to have more people working for us. I want to grow this business. I want to be at a 50 to 100 staff. You know, I can't really say because you don't know how fast because it could just explode again. But I'd love to see this team getting bigger. We've recently taken another warehouse as well. So we're expanding our footprint within Dublin. And uh, yeah, they're the kind of like goals that we have set. I'm not thinking too far ahead. I do have a plan, but I'm enjoying the process and I'm enjoying, you know, how organic it has been. And we've been so lucky to meet people like yourself some other fantastic people in Bank of Ireland who are a huge support to us to get to where we are and the likes of Dunn's. We also have a, you know, like a relationship with Kilkenny stores. So we're in like six of their stores and um, yeah, and then all of our online customers as well. We've got to make sure that we're keeping up with them too. And just a final question is, what did you learn about yourself? I mean, because in, in these in these journeys, uh, you know, you kind of, you know, we all find out which which of us has what chromosome, fight or flight sometimes, or, you know, like, uh, I think, I personally think when people, people's back to the wall, they, they think more clearly than they are when things are going fine. Um, you know, do, 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 what did you learn about yourself in this time? Because, I mean, I'm sure as, as, as great as the growth had been, it's kind of going like, whoa, there's a 700% increase in turnover. And that means we have to produce 700% more garments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then again, we'll probably go five times that this year. Um, so there's always that ahead of us. But what I learned about myself, well, I did learn some good and bad things, I suppose. I learned that I'm exceptionally direct with people, sometimes to my detriment, which again, I have to work on. But I'm so used to doing it myself now when you have so many other people involved, I can be just be very... But again, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes I need to get to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned an awful lot about my relationship because it is my wife that I've built this company with. So, and we have a little boy as well. So I uh, definitely learned a lot about the two of us and how we interact with each other and know that she's my partner for life, thankfully, because we work so well as a team. For me, I growing up, I was reared by my granny. Um, you know, I suppose... Not necessarily, I won't call myself a little bit, I was never lost. I was always a high achiever, but I would always kind of maybe be looking for something. Um, I found that now, I think, and I learned that about myself, that I'm capable of doing these things. And um, I love building, and maybe it comes out, I love building a family around me. So I am very much a team player and I love bringing other people in. That's definitely a thing I, I learned about myself. And, and that's what it all comes down to. I say this to everybody in PowerCoast, that yes, we have a lovely product, but we literally are as good as the people we have and we're selling people because if we have someone fantastic in our Limerick store that goes up and sells themselves to that customer, well, they're just going to buy PowerCut because, you know, it's that lovely atmosphere we're creating. So there are things, might be, some people might say it's waffles, but for me, they are the, they are, yeah, the key things that I've, I've picked up in the last few years. Well, it's definitely a vibe and, and you've kind of created it around it which is fantastic but with that Craig thank you so much for your time and, and I have to say wonderful brand uh, speed of which you guys have come out of the blocks is, is amazing as well and I have to say uh, it, it'd be amazing to watch so best of luck and thanks for your time I really appreciate it John it was lovely to chat to you